Hope you're all doing well tonight. A couple of announcements before we begin. Um, tomorrow, uh, we're having our first Monday Night Madness uh, for the 6th through 12th grade. Uh, we're going to go to Cedar Creek, the putt-putt, go-karts, and all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. Um, we're meeting at the building at, at 6 o'clock tomorrow night, um, and the cost is $10. Um, and we're going to need some help. Um, parents, if you can come, and uh, we're kind of low on vans because uh, of stateside and stuff. Um, so we need some help uh, getting people to and from uh, the putt-putt place. So we need you, all of you, 500 people at putt-putt tomorrow night. Um, but that's the first thing. Also, tomorrow, um, if you are a high school girl, is that right, high school girls? Um, what is it, eighth grade? Eighth and up, six, and, six through eight, six, six and up? Okay, if you are a girl and you are in sixth grade through high school, um, they're having Soak Up the Sun uh, tomorrow at 11 o'clock at the Pirtles house. Um, so if you are a female and you know you are a female and you want to do this, um, tomorrow talk to Abby McCarroll, girls intern, and she will make that happen for you. 11 o'clock at the Pirtles. Um, have you ever wanted to be somebody? Have you ever wanted to be somebody? Growing up... Um, my goal, my goal in life was I wanted to be a football player from the University of Tennessee. Man, I love football. I wanted to be a football player so bad. And uh, I got older, and um, I still love football, but I got older and realized, hey, Matt, you stink at football. Um, man, you're not good, and uh, you're not tall enough. You're just not, you know, your athletic genes have quit at age three. So, uh so it, it's not meant to be a football player. Um, so that, that dream was, was given up pretty quickly. Um, so then I decided if I can't play football, I want to be on SportsCenter and talk about football. You know, I, I can talk all right. I can talk pretty good. Uh, so I decided I wanted to be, you know, uh, a, a talker on SportsCenter and, and a writer, a journalist. Uh, so I got to high school, and I, and I started writing for the school newspaper. I, I, I wrote for the sports, you know, sports section or whatever, um, and then I realized, I did this for two years, freshman and sophomore year of high school. And then I realized, man, I hate writing. You know, writing is not fun. There's nothing fun about writing an article. Um, writing stinks. Uh, so, so I realized, you know, I, I couldn't play football. I didn't feel like writing about football. Um, so so those, those dreams were dashed. Um, and, and as I grew up and I got older in high school, uh, my dreams changed even more. Um, and, and I looked at guys like David Shannon and Phil Wagner um, Andrew Phillips, you know, those guys, and uh, I wanted to be them. I wanted to be those guys, and, um, you know, I watched Phil and how uh, ridiculous he is wherever he's at, um, watching BBS, you know, doing BBS songs and, and the like, and, man, I wanted to have that enthusiasm, and, and I watched David and how much he cares about people and, and, and how good he is at, at handling problems and how, how great a speaker he is. Man, I wanted to be David Shannon. You know, you look at Andrew and how smart Andrew is. Man, I wanted to be Andrew Phillips. You know, these are guys that I wanted to be. Have you ever wanted to be somebody? Uh, turn in your Bibles, if you've got them, to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And we'll start reading in verse 32. It says, Be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children 
and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Uh, tonight in the room, there's two types of people. Um, you're either Christian or you're not. Um, there's two types. Um, but, but regardless of what you are tonight, Christ has died for you. Uh, Christ has died for you, and you have the opportunity to be forgiven of your sins. And Paul says in verse 32 of chapter 4, um, because Christ has forgiven you, if you're a Christian, because you've been forgiven, uh, verse 1 of chapter 5, he says, therefore, be imitators of God. Because Christ has forgiven you, therefore, be imitators of God. So how do we imitate God? Verse 2 tells us, and walk in love. So Christ has forgiven us, so because of that, we imitate God. How do we do that? We walk in love. Um, so naturally, the question becomes, what is love? Uh, baby, don't hurt me. The, the question is, 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 what is love, right? Uh, how do we figure that out? Um, if, if we turn to 1 John chapter 4, that gives us more of an insight. Uh, 1 John chapter 4, if you turn over there with me. First John 4. And, and, we're, and we're looking for the answer to the question... Uh, what love is. You know, we're supposed to be imitators of God um, by walking in love. Um, before we do that, we've got to figure out what exactly this love is. Um, so First John 4, and we'll start in verse 7. First John 4, starting in verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be the sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Verse 8 tells us the answer to this question. God is love. We're saved. We've been forgiven through Christ. Therefore, because of that, imitate God. How do we imitate God? We walk in love. What is love? God is love. Um, and, and, and 1 John 4 tells us also, he says, if God's loved us, we also ought to love one another. Uh, this, this is kind of, of going towards this, this action um, you know, love isn't it is exactly something that, that you just feel or that you just know. It's something that you do. You walk in love. You love one another. You, you do this. Um, this is, you know, a big reason why um, a lot of relationships falter is because people get the idea that, that you just love just by, just by feeling it. You know, you don't do anything about it. That, that's not true. Um, love requires action. It requires you doing something. Just like you wake up in the morning and, and you put your pants and your shirt on and your belt or whatever you put on in the morning, you put on love. Uh, you decide, I'm going to love this person today. I'm going to love people today in general. Uh, in the same way, you cannot love. You can decide, hey, I'm not going to love this person today, or I'm not going to love people today. God is love. Walk in love. Love one another. Um, but we think about love being an action, and, and we're called to imitate God, uh, to walk in love, and so we think about love being this action. Um, so, so what are some attributes or characteristics of this love of God? Well, we find the answer to that question as well um, in, in 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, if you go over there with me tonight as well. Uh, this is often viewed um, 
1 Corinthians 13 is often viewed as the love chapter in the Bible, and, and for very good reason. Um, but we find the answer to our question um, in here. And, and, and just keep in mind, as we're building here, you think God, Christ has forgiven us. So we do what with that? We, we are to imitate God. We are to imitate Christ. How do we do that? We walk in love. What is love? God is love. Love one another. Love is an action. So what are some characteristics of this love? We find that in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, we'll start in verse 4. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. And, and so we think about um, what this love is supposed to have, the characteristics of this love. We find those in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, and so as we keep connecting the dots here, uh, we think about, you know, imitating God, walking in love. What is love? God is love. What are we supposed to have characteristics or we're supposed to demonstrate? Um, we find those 1 Corinthians 13. Um, you keep connecting the dots and, and you figure out if God is love and love is all the things listed in 1 Corinthians 13, then God must be these things too. Um, so if you want to figure out who God is, if you want to figure out what God is, uh, look no further than 1 Corinthians 13, you'll figure that out. So we're going to read it again, um, verses 4 through 8, um, and we're going to substitute the word love uh, for, the, for the word God. Verses 4 through 8, 1 Corinthians 13. God is patient and kind. God does not envy or boast. God is not arrogant or rude. God does not insist on his own way. God is not irritable or resentful. God does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. God bears all things. God believes all things. God hopes all things. God endures all things. God never fails. So we keep building, and we see this fact that we should imitate God by walking in love. And we figure out what exactly love is. Love is God. Love is these things we find in 1 Corinthians 13. And God is those things as well. Um, and so if I want to imitate uh, Phil Wagner, I do the things Phil does, right? If I want to imitate David Shannon, I do the things that, uh, David does. So if we want to imitate God, we must do the things that God is or that God does. Um, and so 1 Corinthians 13 is a, is a real good kind of measuring stick for us um, in our walk with Christ and how we're imitating him and how we're imitating God. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to read it again. Uh, but instead of the word love or instead of the word God, I want you to put your name in there. Um, and, and we can kind of judge ourselves on how we're imitating Christ uh, by how we're doing these things at 1 Corinthians 13. So I'm going to read this and I'm going to put my name in there. And when you read it to, you know, to yourselves, put your name in there. And, and so we'll pick up again uh, 1 Corinthians 13 uh, in verse 4 one more time. Matt is patient and kind. Matt does not envy or boast. Matt is not arrogant or rude. Matt does not insist on his own way. Matt is not irritable or resentful. Matt does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but Matt rejoices with the truth. Matt bears all things. Matt believes all things. Matt hopes all things. Matt endures all things. Matt never fails. Where do you stand? Um, I can tell you something. Um, I'm definitely not there. Not there. Not even close, man. Um, you know, it, this, this talks about God being patient, love being patient and kind. 
there's a lot of times where Matt is not patient and Matt is definitely not kind. Um, you know, there's, Matt definitely fails all the time. Um, this, is a, this is a great measuring stick for us as Christians. Um, we're supposed to, we've been forgiven by Christ. We're supposed to be imitators of God by walking in love. What is love? God is love. Um, we are to love one another. How do we do that? We do the things in 1 Corinthians 13. We do what it tells us to. Um, but the cool thing about th- this whole idea of, of imitating God and walking in love and, and being these things that God is and that love is, um, is that it's not just about ourselves. It's not just about us. Um, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, he says, Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. You know, the idea that, that can somebody look at how you're living and become a Christian? Can somebody look at the life you live and become a Christian? Isn't that what Paul's saying? You know, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Um, can somebody look at the life you live and become a Christian? There's a lot of times where, you know, people can't look at the, at the life Matt Collins lives and become a Christian. Um, but isn't that the goal we're shooting for? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Um, imitating Christ is a much bigger deal than yourself. It affects everybody you come in contact with. When I, think about, when I think about the week we just came back from, uh, we got back from church camp Friday afternoon, uh, some, some of us Thursday night. Um, when I think about the week we had at church camp, we had an awesome week. Um, we had four baptisms. We had three this morning. Um, you know, life in Mount Juliet is great right now. Life in the youth group of Mount Juliet is great right now. Um, and, and we think about why these things happen. Uh, why church camp is, is so great. I love church camp. I live for church camp. I love it down there. Um, but we think about what happens at church camp. Um, what happens is you have hundreds of people, literally, living to imitate Christ. Uh, and, and when that happens, great things happen every single time. Every time you get people together uh, that, that live and, and, and imitate Christ, great things happen Every single time. Why? Because people are, are imitating Christ and they're working together and they're feeding off each other uh, for something that, that's more important than just themselves. And we talked about this week at church camp, we talked about the, the idea um, of rhinos are us, rhinoceros. And, and we discussed different things um, that, rhinos, that, that rhinos have, different attributes they have uh, that we can relate to our own lives. And, um, and one of the things we talked about uh, was Monday's topic. And it was uh, around the horn was the idea of Monday's topic. And uh, it's the idea that the rhino's horn is made of matted hair. It's nasty. The horn of a rhino is made up of hair and fingernail stuff. Um, so just imagine a big rhino's horn with hair and fingernails on it. That's what you got. Um, but, but together, you know, or individually, the hair um, is nasty. It's weak. It's not, it's not very strong. Uh, but together, it forms together to make a huge, strong horn on the end of the rhino's nose or snout or whatever that thing is, uh, it, it comes together to make a strong horn, right? So the idea is, is that when the idea we, we apply to ourselves is that when working together, um, we can do great things. Uh, working together, we're stronger. And, and so we pull the idea of synergy out on Monday. Um, synergy and, and the idea that two are better than one and uh, the idea that you know, together we can accomplish greater things than we can individually. Isn't that so true?
Isn't that so true? Um, man, I love church camp. But, but you think the, the fact that people can come together um, imitating Christ and can do great things. And, and we find the same thing in the Bible, don't we? We find the same thing in the first century church. Um, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And this will be the last passage that we read tonight. Acts chapter 2. We'll start in verse 44. And, uh, and look for this idea of people working together. Look for this idea of imitating Christ in Acts chapter 2. I will start in verse 44. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the number day, day by day those who were being saved. When you, when you look all throughout the first century church, when you look all throughout Acts, uh, the book of Acts, Acts 2, um, I challenge you to, to find uh, a spot where, where the church, um, when they were coming together, working together, I challenge you to find a spot where they were bored. I, I challenge you to find a spot in the first century church um, when they were all imitating Christ, I challenge you to find a spot where their lives were being uh, mediocre or going through the motions. Um, I bet you'd be hard-pressed to find something like that uh, when people are living the way they're supposed to. Um, and, and when you see people that come together that are imitating Christ, that are walking in love, and that are working together, you get growth, you get conversions, you get real, real Christianity. Um, and so when I think about church camp, I kind of see the parallels. Um, because we come together at church camp and you have so many people uh, that work so hard together. And so many people that are imitating Christ and they're loving everybody. And what did we get when we went? You got growth, you had conversions, and you had real Christianity. Um, man, so when I think about Acts 2, when I think about the church in the New Testament, that's what I see. And, and I've been thinking about, you know, in my life, when I've been bored um, with church, or when I've been kind of going through the motions, or when I've been mediocre, what have I been doing? A lot of times I haven't been walking in love. A lot of times I haven't been imitating Christ. And that's what I've gotten. Mount Juliet um, is no different um, than the Church of Acts in the fact that when we're walking in love together and working together, we can do great things. It talks about in Acts 2.47, the Lord added to their number day by day. When we're working together and walking in love and imitating Christ, uh, great things can happen. Um, you know, a, a, a big thing about imitating Christ is, is doing, obviously doing uh, what Jesus does uh, and doing what Jesus teaches us to do. Um, and, and we learned three things at camp um, one of the nights, and that was um, in order to go to heaven. And we learned about um, becoming a Christian like the Bible teaches and worshiping like the Bible teaches and living like the Bible teaches. Um, and so tonight, that's my challenge to you. And the first step is number one. Um, if I want to go to heaven, I've got to become a Christian like the Bible teaches. And we've had seven awesome young people do that in the past couple of days. Um, set great examples for us. Um, they want to become Christians like the Bible teaches, and they've done that um, by putting Christ on in baptism. 
but also the third thing we have on there um, is if I want to go to heaven, I have to live like the Bible teaches. And that's where it gets a little bit harder. Uh, becoming a Christian is hard. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but living it out is hard too. Um, and, and, and so we think about how we can imitate Christ, how we can walk in love, um, and the fact that God is love, and we want to be like God. Um, we need to live um, like God. We need to live out 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Um, we need to, to be there for people. Um, the, thing about, the thing about church is that this is a place where we can come together um, and be real with one another. Um, you know, life's not easy, and we're not perfect, and that's okay. Um, but the fact is, there's people here that love you, and, and there's a loving God that loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And so, there's, there's no um, issue um, that you have that you can't share with the people here at Mount Juliet because there are hundreds of people here tonight that love you, and, and, and we, we all have the same goal. We want to go to heaven, and we want to do that together. And so, if you've got something going on, that's okay because we do too, and we want to help you with that. Um, so tonight, if you want to become a Christian, we can do that. If you want prayers, we can do that too. Um, but whatever you need, come forward as we stand and as we sing.